Hello, and welcome to the 165th episode of the Cue It Up podcast, the only podcast that comes with a money-back guarantee. I am your host, Jared, and to my left is... Mikey. Nick. Eric. And we are the Cue It Up podcast. Guys, today on the show, we're going to give a brief rundown of what we've been watching. After that, we're going to get into a spoiler-filled review of Goodfellas, so if you've not seen... Uh, that masterpiece, by the time that we start talking about it, please tune out and come back the following week when we discuss a movie that nobody is going to like. Um, kind of a little preview for you guys. I'll be enemy number one by the end of this podcast. Oh, for crying out loud. All right, so let's talk uh, about things. You know what our movie is? It drives me crazy. Oh, no. Just wait, Nick. Uh, I've outdone myself. Uh, oh. I, I'll, I'll make a declaration I, statement, gonna, and we'll we'll leave it for the end. I will pick the worst movie that has ever been picked on the spot. You know what? Since he's okay with, with these, since these two are okay with this, I, I say we just get the week off. Like the, let's yeah, not worry. Yeah, about, I'll take the week off. Yeah, let's not worry that. about impending disasters next week. Guys, let's talk about what we've been we watching. We made it this through week. Detroit Nine Thousand episode three. If oh, yeah, unless it's unless Detroit Nine Thousand is going to look like the greatest film you've ever. watched. If you're going to bring back Detroit Nine Thousand, I'm in. Oh, that would be incredible. That would be you know awesome. what we, we talked about do doing? We talked about doing a commentary track for that movie. We should. That would be so great. I don't. For Detroit I guarantee 9, not one person would listen to it. Yeah. But it would be a lot of fun. It Why would be, be pretty fun? Why would we ever do that? Because it'd be fun. Well, yeah. just mystery science. Be, yeah, it'd be yeah, like a mystery yeah. science theater. Yeah, except you can't see the movie. That was, that's a terrible. No, yeah, you idea. can. They just have to play. Oh. It yeah, you, you just. Play, you know, oh, just I thought you meant about us doing like a pod and doing it. Yeah, us doing a pod track, a pod track as a commentary track. Where someone else oh, hits people, play, like you'd have to watch the movie and mm-hmm. listen to it. Is that I on Vudu? I'm gonna have to look. I love it actually. Yeah, my, the Star Wars podcast I listen to, Rebel Force Radio, they do that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a big kick. Uh, I do have a, a podcast mention. I wouldn't mind getting out there. So I've mentioned before because I'm kind of the music guy on this podcast for uh, soundtrack. Uh, I've mentioned before that on Rebel Force Radio they did a uh, side show called uh, the music. Uh, <gasps> Star Wars Oxygen, which is a podcast about Star Wars music and the music of John Williams. That guy is no longer doing that, but he has started his own podcast, and it's called The Soundtrack Show. It is not Star Wars-based. It's just soundtracks in general. There might be a little bit heavy emphasis on John Williams, but since he's the best in the business, I think that's okay. It's called The Soundtrack Show. It's hosted by a guy named David W. Collins. It's brilliant. Um and I think that if you enjoy this podcast and and like music soundtracks, you should go to shot. Do we get a sponsor? What's happening? No. And I will tell you this: he has just started a deep dive into the soundtrack of Jaws, which I thought you Ooh, might find interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it's All good right. stuff. All, All right. right, let's get into what we've been watching this week. I know that uh, at least three of I get us. It. Yeah, I'm a little slow to this. Jaws. Yeah. Uh, the three of us went and saw. Uh, meaning Mikey didn't no. go see it, but we went and saw Ready Player One. Nick, yeah. Eric, and I did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I liked it. If I was given the queued up score, I'd go four stars. I liked a lot of it. I think that it had some stupidity problems, but uh, what were your guys' general impressions? I'd go a little lower, probably three and a half. Yeah. It's kind of in the range where I'm at. You know, the thing yeah. that made me the most sad when I watched it, there were two things, and I, I mentioned one of these, but the other one I think does kind of bear mentioning. First off, John Williams not being able to write soundtracks for Steven Spielberg anymore. As a matter of fact, I could be wrong. I think Episode Nine is going to be the final soundtrack for John Williams. <clears throat> he he has stopped writing other music, and um, he's going to write the theme for Han Solo, but he's oh, actually not even yes. going to be 
writing the rest of the music. He's going to create the theme for Han Solo, and then another guy is going to write it. And his plan is to write the uh, music for Episode Nine. I believe that's it for him. Yeah, I think he's going to officially retire at that point. I think, well, it's nice that I you've think, decided uh, that for him. I well, and he hasn't said that, but it's presumptuous of you. If there. he's not writing the music for Steven Jared's Spielberg's trying movies, to send him out to pasture. I think no, he is. No, he's. We still man. love you, John. I know Jared does. Yeah, yeah apparently Jared does. I'm, I'm pretty sure John Williams doesn't care what Jared from Arnold Missouri oh, thinks. But. now he knows what John Williams <laughs> thinks too. Yeah, this guy. Yeah, I love presumptuous. John I can do this all day. I like that all right. word. Um, I I think the him not being there has hurt Steven Spielberg's movies. Um, I think that there are certain mm. movies that I've watched single-handedly John Williams save from being bad. Home Alone, I think, is one of the best cases. But And Probably. specifically with Spielberg, I think the thing that I, I got struck with when I was watching this movie is if I wouldn't saw this movie, would I think that I was in the hands of a master filmmaker? I don't. It doesn't feel like it anymore. Nah. It's been a long time since I felt that was Spielberg. Um, it seemed like, did you see Lincoln? I didn't. Lincoln was good. Is it, are you in the hands of a master? Like when you watch Schindler's List where it's like literally every decision that the man made was the perfect decision. I mean, I definitely made. wouldn't put it up there with Schindler's List, but it's definitely a pretty masterful Like movie. even when I watch a Martin Scorsese film that I'm a little lower on, mm-hmm. like you you take a Cape Fear as kind of a good example of a yeah, pretty, Martin Scorsese film that's not great. Yet, you can tell that it is not a great film made by a master. To me, when I watched uh, Ready Player One, there was nothing distinctive about it. It was just a studio picture as far as I could tell. So one thing I'm wondering, too, because I actually didn't notice this stuff, um, is I when I was reading something after we watched it, and just for just so people know, uh, both Nick and Jared had read the book. Mm-hmm. I had not. And we both kind of all walked away with the same kind of complaints and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it... I don't think it was one thing where if you like the book, you'll necessarily just blindly love it or, you know, vice versa. Um, now, that being said, we did talk. To, I do know some people that read the book and thought it was uh, fantastic. But um, I'm just saying it, it definitely had some issues. One thing that uh, when you're talking about there wasn't much to it or not a, a um, you know, masterpiece, uh, like, a, you know, master at, uh, at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some hidden stuff in there, too, that uh, – like for instance, they mentioned the the aha take on me video. Yes, um, one of the scenes in that movie actually mirrors what the aha take on me video. Like it's one of those things where it's like when it was told to me, I was like, I can see it. But like I when I was watching it, like it was so yeah, subtle. I know I that video very well, and I didn't. Yes, get that I do reference too, yeah. From the movie, um, but yeah, I mean we can without spoilers talk specifics after the pod but sure um but yeah i mean I, it just made me wonder how many more other little things they just kind of squeezed in there that were just tiny little subtle throw references to things that you know might up the score a little bit like upon a rewatch or something yeah i liked it i recommend uh anybody see it if you are a fan of cultural references from the 80s and or 90s um, yeah, you know what? They're more '90s in the movie than yeah. like the Iron Giant stuff and all that. Right. The book is '80s only kind of thing, but um, I still uh, think it's a good film and worth watching. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, oh. I enjoyed it, but I definitely had issues with a lot of stuff while we were watching. And at no point was I like so swept away in like enjoyment where you know no. I, I didn't have any of that kind of moment during yep. the film. A lot of times I'll have that in a film, and then. You know the the honeymoon period wears off, and mm-hmm. you 
start to see the flaws in it. This one, it was just kind of while I was watching it, I was like, oh, I like that, but this is a problem. Okay. Um, I don't think I watched anything else this week. Uh, I did have a good story. Um, my wife, Christy, told me that uh, she used to play the Q. She always plays the QL podcast when she's driving in the uh, car with uh, our daughter, Rebecca. And Rebecca used to, she wouldn't, you know, she doesn't understand what's being said a lot of times, but whenever we would laugh, she would just start laughing with us and stuff like that. So I always thought it was cute. Uh, she has informed me that now when she turns it on, she yells and screams and tells uh, mommy put on music. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't, uh, not, uh, everybody's a critic, even uh, Rebecca's turned against the wow. podcast. Jared, you, uh, when you started that out, I thought you were going a different route with that. When you said that, uh, you know, Christy puts it on whenever, I thought you were going to say she runs out of syrup of Ipecac, mm-hmm. as yeah, you've told us before. Her, yes, uh, yeah. she, has told, she has stated before that the sound of Jared's voice yep. makes her... Yep, physically ill. No doubt about it. All right, that's it for me, Mikey. What about for you, sir? Oh, I watch stuff. Hold on, hang on. Let me get my uh, notes out here. Yeah, All right. Oh, by the way, I actually it's, did start. It's, it's goo gurnal, by the way. I actually did start a gurnal. Yeah. Yep. An actual real gurnal. Like can a diary. You, uh, I called it gurnal. Can you no, just hand it to a, me so that way I can use it when we get to the court? Fr- friary. What? I, I don't know. I don't know what a diary what? or gurnal would be. I, I don't know. Diary? I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but I, yeah, I started grumbling. You, you lost me. Yeah, I did. Let's, let's I did. go. All let's right. Go. Anyway, uh, well, I I, uh, I only watched a couple episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, a guy but, diary. Yeah, diary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with well, you. Well, journal, journal, substitute the yeah. J with a G, the sorry. D with a G. Sorry, sorry. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right. Uh, well, I'm sure you guys all oh, here figured out that here uh, we go. Season twelve came out. Uh, the season is this one that the they tried season. on. The season did huh? they try on this one? Oh, this is a great one, and it's Leahy's <laughs> last season. Who? What? Leahy, oh, the guy yeah. That died. yeah, yeah, and he was in it, and it was pretty sad. And the ending was actually really awesome. Um, so I watched that. Is this seven the end of times. the show, or this is just another season? No, they're going to keep milk. I don't know if I haven't. I actually tried to look that up, and I haven't found anything out. I don't know what they're doing yet. So they're not writing him. They're not. Do they? They're have not a like replacing with Netflix him. Still, that I don't know. All I know is they're not they, replacing. They signed Leahy. him for. I remember when the deal happened because you and I talked about it. I thought. They, they signed him for three seasons. That's what's in my head right now. I don't oh. know if that's right or not. Dude, when that showed in, those guys don't have a career. They're not yeah. going to stop it. Oh, yeah. are you crazy? They own half of that the town they live in. They own half of Halifax, Nova Scotia. I career. Oh, no. They've got Swearnet still. Right. Swearnet.com. Yeah. That's sure. what got them all the money. So, anyway. Yeah, that's how they got bought the rights for Trailer Park Boys. But, anyway. Um, so, I got some Bob's Burgers. In. I didn't watch it this week. Oh, I, I've got uh, Hulu oh. now, so oh, okay. I've been okay. checking it out on there, but I won't be watching that anymore because I can't stand the commercials. So um, I finished 11 This podcast 63. brought to you by Hulu. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, Mikey, there there is an ad-free version. Yeah, I know, but I'm kind of stealing this version, and I'm too cheap to pay for the ad-free one. I offered to pay the person I'm stealing it from, but they told me no. Hulu Entertainment at the tip of your fingers. Just a second, I I do need to address this. So somebody gave you their password. Uh-huh. Uh, we don't endorse that, but whatever. Oh, absolutely, uh, I do. You offered to pay the extra to yes. cut out the commercials, and they said no. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe they like that's what happens. All right. I was like, I'll give you the money. I don't. Oh uh, well, because I can't. Uh, question, Mikey, the person that you were stealing their uh, quote unquote stealing their password from. 
do you know this person? Well, yeah. Because <laughs> that could it's, factor it's in. Stop calling. Who are you? Yeah. It's, it's, it's my dad, and that doesn't help my uh, case anymore. Well, now nah, it all makes sense. Yeah. It all so, makes sense. Of course, my dad. <laughs> That's a long story. Uh, yeah. Let's see. So I did watch uh, Karate Kid 1, 2, and 3 in preparation for the, the Cobra, Cobra Kai, Kai coming out. Awesome. Did you oh, see the trailer? Oh, it looks awesome. Hey, oh. Wait. Forget Man, the trailer. It looks a lot less than Forget awesome. Forget the trailer. Oh, no. Have you seen the ad, which I... Gosh, I hope this is a spoof, like a, a promotional spoof and not actually in the show. But have you seen the ad for uh, La Russa Automotive where he does a car commercial? Yeah. No, also? but I need to. I'm obsessed with this. I it's, can't wait to watch it's it. Pretty, cr- it's pretty... It's cringe-inducing. It's cringe oh, like, no. No, no, no. It's going to be great. I mean, great. I don't disparage him. It, it made me laugh. I love that he says no and argues, even though he just admitted he's never seen it. <laughs> no. Oh, no. I know it's awesome. Man. I don't it's, disparage be... him because I'm guessing YouTube is giving them a good amount of money to to, to destroy their image and uh, trample on the history. I'm sure yeah. they've probably I'm been... I'm sure he's going to put all the Oscars on the show. I, I'm no. sure they've been wanting to do this since 1990. They've been I, wanting to do you know, another I, Again, I get it. it so. I get the economics of it, but... Hey. Having said that, I like the original Karate Kid. We're excited for Star Wars, Bill and Ted. I, if that Star would ever happen, my it's, goodness, it's, there's still amazing. more articles about it uh, happening with the two of them talking about it. We'll, we'll oh, see. I didn't get I, that, that's that one of those. Weekend. I'll believe it when I see it because I have been tracking well, that for so here's long. The thing. Keanu Reeves, and not that he wasn't before. Just wait till Keanu Reeves is making money. Yeah, but then John there's Wayne. Alex Winter. He kind of cancels out Keanu Reeves. Sorry to Alex if you're listening. So, Mikey, you were saying? Oh. Uh, how bogus of you, dude. Uh, yeah. Uh, I Wait, what were we talking about? Are we talking about Bill and Ted still, or no. am I moving on to what I watched Karate next? Kid. Oh, okay, okay. All right, back at it. Uh, then I watched uh, some episodes of The Chappelle Show, pretty much all the best episodes Chappelle of The Chappelle Show. Chappelle it was amazing. Show. It is amazing. It was amazing. I got to watch it was a great show. all of them. Rick James and Prince. Rick so, James. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I watched uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Wonderful film. Uh huh. And uh, I also watched. Oh, and also I did watch Jackass. Almost forgot to write that one down. Or actually, I did forget to write it down. I just the movie or the show? The show. Because I got every episode for six dollars on Vudu wow, Friday or something. So, and then I also watched a documentary on Netflix called Maru, which you may have. I haven't heard of it. Uh, I don't know what's about. Oh, it's about the guys that go to I don't know Maru, India, or something, or go climb a mountain called Maru. Uh, and I go all the way to the top. More people doing stuff. What? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Why they go climb the mountain? Well, because nobody's ever done it before. And every, well, nobody's ever accomplished it before. Oh, okay. People have tried for years. There's been like great, great, great Was there great, a cash prize climbers. for doing it or something? Well, they got a documentary made after them that got put on Netflix, so I guess. Ugh. So. Yeah, they must know. all be millionaires now. I doubt that, but. Millionaires. Hey, you know what? They don't have jobs. They just go and climb mountains for a living. Oh, that's true. So, that's a lot of work. And they like a job. Yeah, but they like, <laughs> but they like climbing mountains. So they're so they're uh, making crazy. a movie. Making a movie is a job too, but some people like that. All right, um, Nick. What about for you, sir? Anything else besides Ready Player One? Uh, the only other thing I watched this week is um, the season two of Series of Unfortunate Events came. You out. did watch. I was yeah. wondering if how busy you were, if you were able to stick that. No, in. I was able to watch it. Um, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first couple books that they did, so like the first four episodes, were kind mm-hmm. of rough. I had a real sinking feeling in the first couple episodes of like, oh no, like it's gone south. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I have to go back and rewatch them maybe to make that judgment 100%. However, the last couple books they did were really good. In fact, the last two episodes were some of the best. So um, the first half of the season you say is problematic, you think? Yeah. the second half redeemed it? Well, I say the first third, the second. There's Okay, so they did ten episodes. Mm-hmm. And each ep- I the remember first H2 episode encompasses a book. I remember you told me the day you were watching it, you were six episodes in, and you said all first six were bad. Oh, the first six. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, the last couple books definitely saved it for me. Okay. It's good. Cool. Eric, what about for you? Uh, I have only watched Ready Player One. Um, and then I did, in true Goodfellas fashion, my own uh, organized crime ring uh, for the rest of the week. Played a lot of uh, Sea of Thieves, a lot of pirating on the seas. So. Mm-hmm. Good. A lot of stealing and cashing stuff in. So. No, no, we asked what you watched. Oh, I watched my friends cash in some of those. Oh my things. gosh! And I did watch. And Jared is you better watch. We're gonna get sued for that. Then, <laughs> if somebody can explain to me how my turned off phone just started playing the baseball oh, game, oh, I don't I think it's like turned off. It was just sitting there. You saw it. Yeah, it was probably dimmed. You guys ready to talk about Goodfellas? <laughs> dimmed. You guys ready to talk about Goodfellas? You yes, probably got please. pinged from Ms. <laughs> No, 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 no. Let's uh, <laughs> let's go over yeah, and yeah. Uh, talk about good. One, one of Mikey's friends. Okay, let's go. All right, the movie that Mikey picked for this week mm-hmm. is Goodfellas. Um, it was made in 1990, I believe it was. Uh, currently holds a 97% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was a big success. I didn't look up the numbers on the, the thing. It did well. was made on a decent budget. Good enough research. All right, let's then go around there and really no ratings. Yeah, well, Where did you get the Rotten Tomatoes score? Did you just I guess looked it that? up earlier. Oh. oh so okay. I did start my research early, which is responsible, and then... Jared, like big shiny object. I got a letter kind of in the mail squirrel. that says you haven't done <laughs> right. your research in three months, <laughs> and that uh, the survey said that it is a lie. All right, let's go around and give our star ratings. This is one of the best films we have ever podcasted on. It is one of my favorite films of all time. This is a five star, heavy five star. This is better than the Godfather trilogy. To me. Oh my gosh, you're an idiot. Say Jared just wants oh, to. Oh, five stars. By the way, stars. Nick, Jared Sorry. just wants to agree with Roger. Oh, I was gosh. trying to be a little overly dramatic animal. there, but I forgot yeah, nobody can see I'm me. Definitely not. Uh, I'd say about three and a half for me. Okay. Oh, no, I definitely think this is a five star movie, but I don't. I don't. I have a hard time saying that this is better. It's different. It, 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 I love it in different ways, but I don't know if I could say it's better than. The Godfather. The trilogy? Not the, well, yeah. If you're dropping the numbers down. I like it better than Godfather 1, 2, or th- you're, obviously you're crazy. 3. You're crazy. Obviously there are three. things about this <laughs> movie that I like nuts. better than some things I like about But I, I don't know if I could say it's better than Godfather 1 or 2. All right. Yeah, well, see, I don't know if I could say that. Let's get into it. If then. you it's take different. three out of there, though, who cares, guys? They're completely. I'll say this: it's more enjoyable. You're making me. You're making me mad that I even said it. You so. brought it oh, up. Yeah, that's you true. did bring it hey, up. I did trap your myself. This is all your fault. I know this is a movie. <laughs> fault. I know Hashtag this is a movie Jared's about murder and all this other stuff, and you know, obviously violence. But I'll say this: this movie is a whole lot more fun than the Godfather movies. It's a it's a joy to watch in terms of the some of the stuff that's on there. It's guilty pleasures. That's right. All right, so let's talk about things that we do like about the movie. Eric, why don't you start us off this time? Um, 
the I might I mean my gosh man the the acting in this movie the the characters that are there are so well defined yet never boring um the three main I mean you can you can go to anyone that's really there any of the side characters too but the our three main you know characters your Robert De Niro your Joe Pesci and your Ray Liotta are just some of the greatest I think characters ever acted on like like put on or acted uh in a film like yep. they are true to themselves through and through they are believable I, I truly believe that i am when i'm watching those characters that those people are what they are like that yeah. they're that they work for the mom like i know i'm watching a movie and i know i don't know anyone firsthand to actually pull a reference from but they transport me into a world where they're not acting. I know most people know this, but we'll just say it in case you're not aware. This is not a fabrication. This is based on true events. As a matter of fact, that leads me into an interesting thing that I was thinking of when we were watching it, when I was watching it. Um, Two things that we have often harped on this podcast about is, A, if you're going to make a movie based on a true story, just make a documentary. And also, if you're going to make a movie... Why in the world do you need uh, voiceover? As with all things, rules are meant to be broken, and sometimes breaking them is a good thing. It's just a risk whenever you do it. It is a risk, and most of the time it's not going to pay off. I would rather have this movie than a documentary, and I think that this would be a travesty to have not had the narration that this movie does. So to me, I'm giving a pass on the things that I normally don't in a film. Nick, your thoughts? Um, I don't want to watch a documentary about it <clears throat> because it's very much like every mafia move story I've ever heard. So I don't think there'd any really be much there for a documentary. Um, as far as narration goes, I kind of feel about it the same way I feel about every movie with doc- narration, to be honest. Um, I feel like the story doesn't hold without narration. And is that a good thing? Is it inherently a good thing or a bad thing? I think it is usually a weaker um, thing. And that a more inventive way around it can be found. I think with this one, the voice of Henry Hill's character lends... Like, there's that um, part... Early on in the film, there's that part when he's about to blow up the, the cars in that part. And it, it freezes on the explosion and him running away from it. And he tells that story about the kids who carried it home as mother's groceries. Yeah. Moments like that are some of the most powerful aspects of this film. I actually think the narration worked for me in the beginning of the movie when he's setting up the whole thing. Um, somewhere around the middle of the movie, I kind of just lose interest in the narration. Really? And definitely by the end. Um, interesting you should say that because yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, I've pulled the quote because I think I would be hard-pressed pre- hard to find a movie quote that I find better than this. Uh, they, they don't come any better than this. Let me let me read this out to you. It's a, it's a little longer than I would normally read, but uh, stick with me. If you're a part of a crew, nobody ever tells you that you're going to uh, that they're going to kill you. Doesn't happen that way. There weren't any arguments or curses like in the movie. See, your murders come with smiles. They come as your friend, the people who've cared for you all of your life, and they always seem to come at a time that you're at your weakest and in need of their help. That is one of the most powerful quotes I've ever heard. Not only that, it is, to me, the summarization of all that is wrong with uh, the mob. One thing I'd like to point out about this movie, I think one of the reasons I like this movie as much as I do, there's a part of me that feels guilty for liking the Godfathers, right? Even the Sopranos. 
there are many times where mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just full in the face of, I love this, <clears> but <throat> there is a little bit of a guilt to it. My knowledge that Henry is going to, even if it's for selfish reasons, um, turn against those people and actually do some good before the end of his life. I get it. I'm not. You that is doing some good. Yeah, well, yes, the net net good, even if it's for bad reasons. Like I don't have any idea that Henry Hill did it for altruistic reasons. Right. As a matter of fact, I definitely don't, I don't, not. I don't believe in altruism, but we can uh, let's we can leave that right. for another day. Yeah. Um. Yet <clears throat> at the end, he does take down those people, and that that thing where it's like that idea. And I know this. You know, we joke around a lot in this podcast, but the idea that. I know that if I was in trouble, that I could call every single person at this table when I was in my hardest point of my life, that my friends would be able to come to my side and help me. Well, not if it's early in the morning, though. Well, that's true. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And don't call me if it's about money. Or, but, late, yeah. or late at night. <laughs> or yeah. burying a body again. Or, <laughs> yeah. But that idea of like that realization that he has that that's what's wrong with her system, again... This movie is not a glorification of the mafia. It certainly and is. And again, not, I yeah. think that makes me feel a little bit better about you uh, let me go and let so me we'll, give me give me a little bit more here. I know I've been hogging the podcast, but I'll I'll relinquish after this one thing. Um early on in this film, um there is a I don't know if you think it's hilarious. I do. I'm going to guess Nick does not cuz as we've seen in I usually find sadistic things funny, and Nick yeah. always gives me a look like, oh, you poor, poor man. <laughs> we'll see. The part when... The, <laughs> the, oh, my the God. The part no. when they get the mail... <laughs> the mailman. Oh. oh, yeah, that is kind of funny. Put his, the part when they're going to put his head in that oven <laughs> if he delivers mail to this house again. Uh. That part is hilarious, but I only am able to find it funny because I know that this movie is actually... Um, a scathing critique of what right. the mafia is. Scathing, scathing, yeah, like, scathing. Um, I like scathing. I do the think that scathing. One thing this movie really does do well is make you fall in love with the idea of being a gangster in the beginning of the film. Yeah, the way he does, and then makes you slowly fall out of love with it. Yeah, although. As I don't know, as an audience member, I fell out of love with it a long time before Henry Hill does. Yeah, you know. I, I just think it's the thing is he doesn't he even says it at the end he does he doesn't fall out of love with it. He, he just loses the opportunity to have it yeah um when you when you talk about like you know when yeah, he does the true. when he does the good or whatever at the end and, and locks everyone away the thing is is like one thing I like about Henry Hill's character and regardless if it was true to the actual man or not but I really do get the sense that if it's it, he yes he did the worst thing in in their community that you could do he ratted everyone out and you know tried to take everyone down to save himself but he only did it because he felt like they had get, taken away all his options i truly believe like had had he not felt that his life was in danger mm-hmm. he would have done another he would have gone to jail. He would have done whatever. He would have done what he was supposed to do. It's when he realized that, oh, like I'm on the chopping block now. Yep, the I party don't. Is over. I don't get the chance to prove myself. I'm not going to get the chance to prove to everyone that I that they don't need to be afraid of me. Mm-hmm. That look of like sadness when he's sitting at the table where he just knows that like his friend isn't his friend anymore. And oh, he, yeah, that 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 scene when him and Jimmy are at the. Uh, 
the diner and the way that they're talking and and he, you know he's asking them to go kill somebody which even of itself like he has no problem doing but the fact that he's being asked to do it it's such a weird he never thing. it's so out of character for jimmy to ask of him that yeah. he knows that it's just he knows jimmy well enough to know that it's a setup that look of like he doesn't freak out he doesn't whatever he still kind of goes along with it but he looks so disappointed yeah. While he's sitting there, because it's just like, all right, well, even though that they're scumbags, that is as close to a friend as he has. That's a, and I think Jimmy Conway, or, or if anybody's confused, I'm talking about Robert De Niro's character, um, is more of a father figure than anything. As a matter of fact, when I look at this movie, mm-hmm. Jimmy Conway is the father, um, and Joe Pesci is his brother, um, his very angry firecracker of a brother but that's the family unit that they kind of uh hold together um what do you guys think about joe pesci's performance in this movie i love it i I think it is one of the finest performances i've ever seen in a movie i love his he's i love it when he's an angry gangster it's awesome even in I mean, it's not a good movie, but I still liked the minute. That scene, <clears throat> in, uh, when, oh, eight heads in a duffel bag or whatever. Yeah, I love, I love his yeah. gangster. I, I, I mean, we all know what scene you're talking about. But Spider. Like, well, that that scene that too. that scene. Well, we can talk about the other scene, but the scene when he shoots Spider, the look on. I mean, it's just oh. one of those things where that look of like a child's. I don't. Well, it, the look too of just everyone else of like. Hey, we still are quote unquote behind this guy, but like this guy is such a loose in a world of loose cannons. This guy is such yeah. a loose cannon that he doesn't even really think of it like he did something wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's the thing. It's like he kind of looks around, like, well, what, like you know, like, well, you know, well, well come on, like, what do you know? I mean, I'll, I'll quick, dig. I mean, I'll dig it myself. The quintessential like, Goodfellas scene to me is early on with the first time that they're in the. Um, that guy's restaurant who they end up destroying his life, right. but where you have yeah. him telling that story and then you get to see the darker side where, um, he beats up the manager and throws that thing at that guy. And yet the whole thing has this air of violence of like, even, even who he's, he's friends with Ray Luetta's character. Um, even he's not sure at some point if, if just telling a person that he's funny Dude, is enough to how get about him when he knows that he is joking and he pulls out the gun and goes yeah. this guy and like puts the gun up to his head yeah. and like they're still laughing like mm. imagine having friends like that that was your friend unit where that kind of stuff would go down yeah where someone is going to point a gun at you as a joke um anything else before we go to nick here yes uh i mean we only i only got to say the acting really the, the one thing i want to mention for this especially is um, the, the, the editing and camera work in this movie, I mentioned in a lot of movies, this has one of the best camera shots in a non, like, so this is a movie where it has epic camera shots, but it's not an epic movie. And what I mean by that is like, it's not, you're not watching the matrix. You're not watching inception. You're not watching something where it's like some action movie that you need blocked out in some crazy, like, you know, camera sequence. Yep. But that, like that, the, that camera shot is one of the most famous and then to me most iconic camera shots ever in a movie where they follow um, Ray Liotta's character from outside the uh, Copaca uh, Cabana mm-hmm. and then in through the back out onto there. Point. Has the, I think the that's table. one of the things that gets lost sometimes in movies is fancy shots a lot of times are just done to be fancy. 
that is not just done to be fancy. It is to show you her perspective. It nothing gets through to the audience just how weird this is. Like especially when they walk in and you see all the people waiting for a table and he's immediately brought in mm-hmm. a table. They don't just bring him to a table. They create a table where there was none for him. Um, and of course it all is kept off. I don't know if you guys ever noticed. I don't know who mentioned this to me, but I never I never picked up on this until I again, I don't know who said this, but when she asks him, what do you do? And he says, I'm in waste management. I'm in construction. No, he says, I'm in yeah, construction. In, construction. In, in construction. The drummer does a... Uh, a he does a... Oh, really? As if it's... That's the joke. I was like, like that's a real, shot. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I never noticed that before. I thought that was a brilliant little moment. Um, <laughs> that, that scene, it's real easy. And here's the thing. That scene is done so well mm-hmm. that it's easy to write, and I think your average movie viewer does... To write that scene off, it feels like well, yeah, they just followed the camera through him through the the you know through the the Copacabana like mm-hmm. you know that you know you got to keep in mind that while that is going on, that is not a li- living breathing world like it would be if you were to walk through there. That is like the the sequence of things that has to go right and people that have to walk into. Now, frame I don't want to ruin say, the uh, yeah yes and no. I know, you know that saying. there's yes. cuts in it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but I'm just saying that the sequence of what you need to get that and make that lineup yeah. and and feel perfect is so hard to get right, and so mo- many movies have tried it, and it yet it uh, and some do some have had a good one or two, but I'm saying like though some some will try and recreate that scene and it feels forced. Yeah, this one does not feel forced. You feel like a fly on the wall as you go through there. Yeah, and everyone hits what they need to when they need to. It's it's really great. Like um. It it just it's a sign of just competence. It is man. a master like, at the top of his art. Um, there's a, a scene too where um, the camera zooms in on Robert De Niro's face when mm-hmm. they're sitting in in Ray Liotta's like bar, and um, that uh, that shot. I think it's the moment where like he's trying to decide if he's gonna kill. Maury, maybe I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember what the exact scene was right there. You talking about where he's smoking in slow motion? Yeah, but the, as the camera zooms in on him, yeah, yeah, he that's goes. The Maury one, yeah, yeah, he goes through like four or five different thought processes. Where even though no words are said, as the camera and it's not a straight zoom. It's like it kind of floats in a little bit. Like yeah, but you're missing the most important part. They're playing Cream, man. Oh yeah, that song is awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. but I'm saying like it. <laughs> The, as that as the camera work kind of floats like with it, it's this mesmerizing look at his face, and Robert De Niro like knocks it out of the park because you see him go through like all these different thought processes. No words are used. Like I, I don't know. It's just it's just a simple thing that in other movies just would just be a simple zoom zoom in on a face. Whereas yep. like that one, it just feels magical when it's happening. I don't know. Yep. I, I, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. There's a lot of editing stuff where which I didn't know. I, I actually. I've always loved the quick edits. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like um, montagey type things that are done where they're showing like you know the mobsters doing this and then they show the next thing they're doing whatever and it like it's quick cuts and like I always just love the style of it. Apparently though, it was like it was an intentional thing that they did because they wanted to use a lot of scenes that were in the book, but they didn't have time to use all of them, mm-hmm. so they decided to like do a lot of quick cuts between different things. And then I think there was a quote where they said, it's going to feel weird. A lot of energy. Well, like I think it, it, assuming that the thing is right again, I'm just reading like, you know, little snip uh, snippets of stuff, but they said that Scorsese said, it's going to feel real weird when him and the, and um, the author of the book were uh, writing the, uh, the script. 
he said it's gonna feel real weird, but I think after like an hour and a half, it's gonna start to feel like it's gonna start well, sure. to click. And that type of editing has become more prevalent now. Uh, We're now. You more used to it now than yeah. it was around there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm just saying it. Uh, there, there's just a lot of just the behind the scenes kind of stuff that I think is fantastic in this movie, and and the performances just knock it out of the park. I love the characters. The story is uh, a lot of uh, you know we've seen this story before. I yeah. mean, we just have. I mean, I'm not saying we've seen it at that point in time, but I'm just saying it, it's a story that we as people who have seen gangster movies and gangster TV and things like that are very familiar with. But yet it's. It's in, it's in captivating to me. I, I I never feel like it slows down. I it never is feel one bored. of my favorite type of stories, and I've I've noticed a common recurring theme that it doesn't seem to work for Nick very much. I think if Goodfellas has a movie that is very very parallel to it, I think Boogie Nights is yeah very very close. That's a good that's a good um, comparison. They're in different areas where it's about family, uh, a weird set of family, essentially. Um, the rise to fame and then the fall from glory as as the world changes around them and stuff like that. I've always thought that they they are very very similar to well, each and, other and just like that. And the and you know they have like a moral code mm-hmm. and and you know when someone starts to break that moral code and they're ostracized from the family yep. in both you know scenarios. Like it's yeah, I can definitely see what you're saying. And I think we roundly proved that Nick was wrong about Boogie Nights. So oh yeah, right. I I, I want to mention <laughs> one other thing and about positives, and you guys can uh, go on to what sure. you want. Uh, does anyone else laugh as hard as I do? When that whole sequence, so there's a sequence with Maury's wigs where yeah. uh, uh, you're you're seeing the little ad and he's he's jumping in the pool and he's doing all this stuff and he's like my wigs don't come off Maury's wigs like yeah. all this stuff. The very next scene is uh, Robert De Niro choking Maury and, and that wig off. flies off. Like what's it's what's funny to me spring. about that scene? Not only does his wig fall off, yet it's again it's a that reminder that our main character is not a good dude. Um, even he starts genuinely laughing at that part, yeah. and I was, you know, it is great. I yeah. agree. It's one of those things that they put in there, they do, and I love that I they don't. I don't know if I've ever seen that actor again. The guy that plays him, yeah. is he somebody big? Um, I don't think so. But that's I feel like a, I've seen that's him a very stuff, yeah. good role. I think I've seen him in something. Yeah. Talking about Maury? Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure. He's a great actor. Maybe not. That, that's a oh. great, great little performance. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, it's one of those things. I just love that. When a filmmaker will do that, put it in there, and then not have to point out to the camera with someone that points it like the wig. You know, a character doesn't go, "Your wig came off, Maury." Yeah. Like they just put it in there. You either get the joke, or you don't. And they move yeah. on. Um, and I know it's not the dude's fault. Not more. Not the guy that play, plays Maury, but um, the guy that runs security when they do that first hike. Um, hike. Heist. Heist. Weird. Um, even when I said it, I was like, that ain't right. Yeah. Uh, the guy that runs at heist. Oh, the very first one. The very first one. I know that it's not his fault, but every time I see that man in this movie, I just go, that's the dude from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. 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 I know. The gas uh, man. Yeah. Side- How do they know I got gas? <laughs> Side note, uh, I, I work at a, uh, an electronics store for anyone who's not yeah, aware. There's, there's not a lot of those out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, not too many. Uh, you could probably figure it out. Uh, so a father came in today and perch- was purchasing two movies for his uh, about I would say about five year old daughter. Uh, I hope one of them wasn't Goodfellas. No, okay, no. Good. Uh, but there was two been. two ones that were very clearly for her, and then one for dad. And uh, it was Dumb and Dumber. Nice. <laughs> and she goes, Dad, what's this one about? 
And he goes, well, sweetie, it's about two people that are not very bright that get into a lot of silly situations. I, like <laughs> I was just like, that's a good way, I guess, to say that to a kid. But For To a five-year-old, I would agree. Yeah. All right, Nick. Goodfellas, I know you're not super on it, but you do still like it. Um, yeah, I do like it. And actually, I think this this movie does some things better than any movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. One of them, I think, is character building. Um, it really, you really feel like you know these people. Yeah, not even by the end of the movie, like about a third of the way yeah. through, uh, which is pretty impressive. You get to the point where you can start kind of predicting their behavior, like mm-hmm. Henry does. You kind of start seeing them through his eyes. Uh, I think he does that very well. In fact, the only one that I always have a little trouble figuring out is Henry himself. Oh, really? The de- well, it's just the decisions he makes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the his absolute refusal to take anyone's advice uh, gets infuriating to me. Not that it's a bad part of the movie. Actually, it's really good because yeah. it explains a lot of why his life went terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Every time someone tells him not to do something, he just does it. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Um, but I very think the, much to his own detriment. Oh, very much so. I mean, I mean, every time it's you know they tell him not oh. to sell drugs, he sells drugs. They tell him not, you know, it just doesn't matter what. How they about tell the him not scene to do, he just following the bar where he where Jimmy just goes off on the guy for buying the car, oh, yeah. and then he buying, just goes and buys and the buying the fur the fur coat, and then and next the, one he's like, I bought the most expensive one they had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that kind of stuff where it's just like, oh. dude. Uh, um, anyway. literally the next scene. <laughs> I think um, the uh, I don't I wouldn't say explaining, but the the real feel you get for the culture of the mafia, you yep. start to feel like you know what it feels like to be in this family. Yeah, uh, quote unquote. I also like that this is about the mid level guys. Yeah, that's yeah, kinda cool. yeah. That's um, that's what I was gonna say. Compared to Godfather, Godfather feels like a more overall like it feels like a more it encompasses more of the mafia story. This yes. feels like what it's like to be that be, guy that yeah. entry level that wants to get made. You know, like it, it's a much more gritty um, street level feeling to it. I think you get a much more, well, definitely realistic, but also just a much deeper feel of what it's like to be in the mafia. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Not many Godfather, people get to be the, the, right, the, the boss, you know, the dumb. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, I also think the soundtrack to this movie is fantastic. Yep. Well, he tells old. the story with it. Um, yeah, and it changes the with the changes, times yeah. and stuff. It's and the, and the, just the song choices are really great. Um, and they, you know, they do a job. They're not just there to be like, mm-hmm. oh, I like that song. Um, yeah, uh, characters. Uh, I don't know. Uh, overall, I really do like this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you really get immersed in the world. I think that's what I take away most from it. Yeah. Uh, Mikey, what about for you? Uh, well, I mean, I think pretty much everything I had to say was mentioned. Uh, so let me give you something. Well, hold on. I got sure. one thing I'll say because I definitely disagree with you mm-hmm. and you, I think, was what it was when you said that he did something good at the end. Oh, this Garrett whole movie that, is about that guy being like the most selfish person. Yeah, yeah that's true. I mean, there yeah, is I already, not. A I already good... addressed this. I even I, if you give, let's just let I, me let me tell you a story. A man steals five hundred thousand dollars and gives a hundred thousand dollars to charity, uh, but he does it to escape taxes or something. Is it a is his motivations good for doing it? 
No. Did that $100,000 do good regardless of the motivation? Yes. And that's what I'm saying. Uh, my enjoyment of this film is helped out because I get to feel good knowing that he enters into the witness protection agency and gives them all up. Well, but that's the thing, though. He gives up the people For selfish that really reasons. I get it. didn't do anything. Like, Polly only got Mikey, Pauly only a, got caught what you up just because said is wrong. he... No, Polly is a murderer and not a good person. He might be better than some of the other ones around him because he has... Who did Polly murder? Mikey, oh my gosh. you don't get to you become understand. the mafia boss, buddy. You're kidding, right? It, He's not a mafia boss. Who, well, who, you did, he, who did he kill? Mikey, he didn't kill anybody in the film. All okay, so he's not, no, that. the only one that killed anybody was Jimmy, right? Okay, so Polly was just there no, while he was way, selling no. drugs. After this podcast is done, we're going to look up the by true way, story of that, that guy's character. By the way, Tommy, he killed quite a few people, too. Who? Yeah, that he was Jimmy. Joe yeah. Pesci. That was Jimmy. Uh, but he didn't that was go Jimmy. away, I think is what Mike No, saying. Jimmy is uh, Robert De Niro. Oh, G- oh I'm Jimmy's sorry. the yeah, one I'm that had everybody killed. Mikey, their whole business were... is criminal enterprise. Criminal man. enterprise that had to do with them bribing people to let them rob their trucks. They weren't killing people. Oh, if my gosh, remember Mikey. correctly. Dude, Jimmy killed a lot of people. Jimmy did. I, okay. I get that. I'm Jimmy saying, but Paulie. And, and Tommy see, did. Paulie was the real. I feel bad for Paul, that guy. Paulie's an upstanding because, hey, hey, you No, I'm not saying he's upstanding, listen, but here's listen, the thing. Mikey, you understand that when Jimmy kills all the people at the end, right? When he's killing off all the people involved with the crew? Yes. You understand that that was okayed. All right? Uh, here's the thing. Who that, said it was that, okay? Listen, listen. That, that never came up. specific one. No, they do no, mention. No, no, no. That never so, came up. Uh, that that Name whole one heist, person that, that whole said heist was, okay was under Polly. Polly was uh, even he, Tommy didn't get killed by Polly. But Polly yeah, was, was the one. In, Polly was the one overseeing that heist. He, he's not the one that had the tip. No, he, he's a guy. He's a guy. Yes, he's a guy. That. They're, they're, they're now the drugs percent or twenty percent. You, you're getting into the exactly. real world aspects of it. See, Let's keep it to the film. Hid, they hid the drugs. Everybody from Polly, and then he ratted no, 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 on. No, 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 no. Everybody drugs are different from that Eric, heist. Just the heist is not I get. I get that they're different from the heist. You're going to keep a circle going. No, no, no. I get they're being a heist. I get they're being heist. Yeah. The point okay. Is, so he shouldn't have gone to jail. What right. else do you have? Can well, we no, all disagree that the mafia don. didn't do anything wrong? That's right. Let's move well, not on. the don. Yeah, but he's a great. He got call. there through sheer kindness. Citizen. Yeah, I'm not right. saying he's an upstanding citizen. They're like, all this I'm saying is, just saying he didn't do anything wrong. I'm just saying that he did. He got caught doing whatever. He went to jail for it. The only thing was, is he warned. He warned Ray Liotta, and told him. If you see anybody doing this, tell me because I, it was the first time watching this movie I ever heard him say this. He mentioned another guy, I forgot what his name was. He mentioned another guy, and he said that guy said hi to one person that was selling that stuff, and they, now he's doing twenty years in prison. That guy's going to die in prison. He goes, if anybody, if you ever see anybody doing this stuff, you're going to tell me, right? And he and he said he would, and then he wound up diming him out over getting caught for that cocaine, and he wasn't even going to have him killed. It was going to be Jimmy. Are you asking me to feel bad for him? I don't feel... I'm not saying I feel... I mean... The I way, usually the play way a caricature film, of a, of the a way scumbag the film, sometimes on this podcast. You even I'm afraid of what you're listening You understand Paulie whoa, didn't go to jail whoa, because of drugs. Way the, the way the he film, dimed out the robbery. The way the film played this whole thing, Paulie never killed anybody. Okay, Paulie... I mean, did he? If they did say... If he did... You'd be able to tell me. Nope. Obviously, they didn't. Nope. Okay, so let's not get into the real world of it because the character in the film did not kill anybody. 
Paulie did not kill anybody. All he was oh, I doing, think they mentioned it that, that, that is, he was yeah. paying out. He was paying out delivery drivers for cigarette trucks Here it is, to let Mike. them rob. Their I trucks. understand what you're saying. We Jimmy. disagree with you, but you're so, not going to move us. So let's move to another. All point. right, but anyway, so I just I don't necess- I, I don't know. I just I kind of lost a lot of respect for Ray Liotta when I realized that he did that to him. I don't know. Really did. You, you, had, you had respect for him. <laughs> Well, not respect, but I mean, yeah, you no, know, you it. know what I mean. Uh, I mean Mikey I, carried the groceries home. I, I like. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I really like that character, and you know, I think when I watched it as when I was younger, I didn't really understand everything that was going on and all those things. But now that I'm older, you still don't understand. I just no, no, I do understand. Okay. I understand completely. Apparently, yeah. some other people here don't. Okay, all but. Right. Uh huh. Not taking the bait. He got there uh-huh. through his charitable contribution. No, it. it's not charitable. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It has nothing to do so with Mikey, it. Mikey, let's talk about what I consider to be probably the most powerful scene of the film: um, the killing of Billy Bats. Okay. Um, first off, wait. Did Polly order that? Uh, no. Oh, Polly. Okay. Polly didn't know sure. anything I just, about I needed it. Needed to make sure. Okay. Actually, I think there was a deleted scene. Tommy called Polly, and Polly was like, "Yeah, kill that guy." Uh, yeah. All yeah. right. So. And that's why I got whacked, right? <laughs> hey, All guess right, what? Polly, Polly, who was it? You know, Polly had uh, something to do with the whacking of uh, of Joe Pesci. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. No, he didn't. They the said other that. guy standing there was part of Polly's crew. You understand that, right? I don't think so. Yeah, but that he was he that was Polly's. He's an upstanding citizen. Can we? Stop? That was Tutty or whatever. All right. So as oh, the, the scene begins, there's a very extended look at the bar there's and it's this thing where martin scorsese is signaling in film language that something big is about to happen you guys know the the shot i'm talking about mm-hmm. uh, it's playing the i believe it's a shirley song which, no no way, donovan what is, no donovan happens when the murder happens oh okay okay um but the establishing shot that is a very slow pull in where usually an establishing shot is maybe a second this lingers and slowly pulls in on that bar for like three or four seconds, it there's something I'm. I, even when I was watching it this time, that shot happened, and I went, "Oh, this is the, this is the moment when things start to take take that turn." Essentially, um, so and let me just take you. Let me take you back many years. The first time I ever watched this film, um, I am not a person who is usually taken aback by violence in a film. Uh, American History X is probably the only other film I can ever remember having an experience with something so violent on a uh, on a screen that made my maybe head swim. Drive maybe too? No, really? not like this. Okay. The first time I watched Goodfellas, the scene when they kill Billy Bats in that bar to the song Atlantis by Donovan playing and all that. The scene actually made my head swim. Like well, the violence, like was so shocking to, to me. me. It's not just the violence; it's how quickly the light switch flips in Jimmy. Yeah, when he's like, "Here we go," and then goes from "I'm buttering this guy up" mm-hmm. to "This is what I've been wanting to do the whole time." Well, and he's sort of in on it. When you watch earlier, when when Joe Pesci leaves the first time, and there's that part when Jimmy goes, "No." The drinks are on the house. Like he is complicit even at that point. Oh, yeah. He knows that Joe Pesci is going to go uh, bring that girl home and come back uh, to 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 take retribution on a made man. I've always kind of found that weird how quick because 
Ray Liotta's character has no choice. As a matter of fact, from what I can tell, and who knows if this is true in real life, but we'll just take the movie for what it is. Um, he doesn't. He is surprised when he sees Joe Pesci's character yeah. enter into that bar. Yeah. He has a look of, oh, no. Yeah. Um, but he looks pretty he, horrified through the whole thing, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Well, yeah. and you know, here, it, it, let me finish out that story. Yeah, so ahead. as my brain was trying to reorientate itself to reality again from it having this like head swimming moment of the violence that part when joe oh my gosh this is this is one of the most disturbing things i've ever seen in a film when joe pesci looks at ray Liotta's character and goes sorry man i didn't want to get blown on your floors <laughs> that look that roy Liotta gives them i just man that scene is just about as most well is about as powerful as they come you also just like keep in mind too it's like the earlier part of that scene before he leaves the bar when when billy bats is talk, talking about the shine box and 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 you know talking about shining his shoes and about how just how shiny well, he can yeah. make them and and you know what's going on there the thing is is like he knows he's trying to get under this guy's skin what he doesn't know because he's been in prison for a while is the kind of man that this guy has become and has a reputation for yeah. so someone that he is you know thinks he can just push around and can say whatever he wants cuz again as a made man that's what you just expect yeah. Be able to do, and as we find out, you don't you break those rules, you know. And it's not just the the you know you don't let the guy you know say what he want to you, but obviously you know he took it a, a a little bit of an extra step and killed the guy. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> just he took a little bit over a the little, line, a little, little bit, yeah. Um, but I'm just saying, so from Billy Bat's perspective, you know, he just sees this little kid and sees like, oh look at you, you, uh, and then sees the attitude that's coming off this kid and is like, who? Who does this kid think he is and is doing this, but doesn't know that like, this is one of the most violent and uh, irrational humans that has become like yet walked this earth, even by mafia standards where fellow mafia is afraid of him and afraid to tell him their true opinion about the way he's acting. I love Paulie's reaction to him earlier in the film when he's like, he, I think he calls him a bad kid, right? He's like, he's a bad kid, but... Bad I mean, seed, what, I think. Bad seed. What, 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 what am I supposed to do about when it? When the one yeah. guy goes, I don't know, maybe maybe he needs oh, to get shot or whatever, boy. that look that Polly gives him, like, don't you ever ask that of me again. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, you mean Polly didn't kill him? First chance he had? I figured he would have. Not first, first chance. chance. On, but <laughs> not first chance, but you break enough rules. Yeah. Nobody's safe. No, well, yeah, no, that's a really great everybody scene, Everybody was too. in this movie. I don't know. I don't... I can't say as after I remember, but do you guys remember if you were surprised at the killing of Joe Pesci's character the first time you watched this movie? Um, I think I was. I, I was. was too, yeah. Yeah. Not that he was going to die in the movie, just the way that he died. That yeah. was really. That was a really good setup. Yeah, really the way that, that. He, especially set to. Uh, I believe is that another Eric Clapton song. I don't remember. Um, I know. I, don't remember. I think it's oh, that one know. without words. So it's probably not. I, Eric I'll Clapton, say this: but. it's a. It's a confusing scene the first time because as the door opens up and you see the nothing and you're trying to make sense of what you're seeing or why they're there, the as slow as you are to realize and as dumb of a character as you think Joe Pesci is, Even he knows knows. so much about mafia life that he immediately realizes what's going on. Because he said, I forget what the word choice that they use or whatever, but he's like, oh, man. Like, he says, like, a, I think he just goes, oh, no. Like, he, he, something like that. He says something like a, like a, Oh, like I thought this was my, you know, in his mind, he's just like, I thought this was my moment, but like, it's this instead. Like, there's just that, 
that moment that he, where he has that instant realization of what that means for him. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like as much of a, an idiot character as you think he is, he's smarter than he looks in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um, not smart enough to know not to go there in the first place, but um, it, it was a it was a shocking thing for me the first time that it happened, definitely. Yeah. Going to what he thinks is going to be the you, biggest moment of his life. You know what was more to shocking head, to yeah. me, I think, is – the um, the level of emotion that they showed from Jimmy, yeah, because it was a character that has showed zero emotion at any point, and then you finally see that like he has a line where he does care about certain things. Okay, so that's an interesting question. I was going to bring this to the podcast. Does he? Is he, he does. sad at the passing of a friend, or is he mad because he thought his in no, in- no yeah. it's his friend? Oh, it's his I friend. definitely think so. He friend. was bawling his eyes out. Yeah, definitely, friend. That's he, interesting. Okay. It, it, it was a thing of he. Ha- there, there was the team, and then there was the team. Yeah, the team are the expendable people, the people that thought they were part of the team, like the one guy that's doing all the hits with them, and then they find him in the freezer. You know, that guy <laughs> thought he two was days to thaw him out. That guy oh. thought he was. I don't know if you, Jared. Sorry, that's not funny. That guy <laughs> thought he was. Uh, uh, he was one of his friends. You know, he thought he was on the in, inside. Uh, you know, crew there. But no, to Jimmy, there was only two people in his crew, yeah. and it was Ray Liotta and it was uh, Joe Pesci. But notice that Ray Liotta's character doesn't ask for any more money. I was going to say, I don't think it. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. that I think Jimmy would have killed there. anybody if you messed up. I don't yeah. know if Jimmy would have killed Tommy, but I definitely. If he would have, well, you're right. Well, I, I really think that you could make the argument that for Jimmy Conway, the only real person was Tommy. Um, even because Henry, he could be a made man. Yeah, maybe. Well, well he was the only. Uh, I don't know why exactly, but even Henry never seems to really be on the inside with Jimmy. That's true. Yeah, I don't know more I, than most people, but not all the way. Not as yeah. much as Tommy. Well, I think too. Tommy is. You have the two characters that don't throw up when they're digging up a body. Or don't mm. freak out, or or they're the kind of characters that that's don't. Interesting. He is the third wheel in that. He's that's a third, a, yeah, he's a very the third wheel often with those guys. Well, yeah. he's also uh, the character that, yeah. as a small child, gets yelled at for grabbing the the waste and the good uh, towels on the one guy that. Yeah. You know, he's the kind of guy that does, <laughs> even though he's eight aprons on this. Guy. Even though he is a horrible person and will do horrible things to people and seemingly not care, he does have moments where he's just like, "Well, that's not right," you know. Like he does seem to have moments where he'll. Yeah. I mean, he's no Polly. He's no Poor charitable Pauly. human being. He's uh, <laughs> a saint. Yeah, uh, but you, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, so they're they're definitely more kindred spirits, um, jo- Johnny, yeah. or you know, um, I Jimmy think what and, you and said Tommy. is actually a perfect representation of it. Um, when they go to dig up the body six months later, uh-huh. um, the those two are the ones laughing and carrying on, and he's the one puking. Uh, ever- I think that does perfectly summarize it. But I do feel like... I, I Here's the thing. I feel like... I feel like Jimmy... It's, it's like you said in The Father Figure, the tale yeah. of two sons, almost. J- 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 he looks at Tommy, and Tommy is everything he wanted, but too far. Yeah. To a point to where he makes a joke and then he shoots Spider and he goes, "That's not what I mean. Like I didn't mean it like that. Like you know, I'm making a joke. Can't you tell? Like I'm poor Christopher. A joke? Um, so like what? it's that sense of like, yes, you're the you're my favorite son, but yet you you do you're not perfect. You do things too, and then you're the the other one is the son that 
is lacking in a few areas, but you got high hopes for him and you want him to like, you know, you got, you hope he's going to turn out right, but you never quite know. Um, I think that's the way he looks at it. So it's like that thing of, you know, of trusting him or whatever in the end. It's just, I think just Jimmy's life has degraded so, so like, I mean, you know, to, to where you can't trust anyone that no one was safe. No one, I don't care who they were. It wouldn't have, even at some point, Tommy wouldn't have been safe. Um, with Jimmy, it's just, it, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 feel, I don't feel like he would have killed, um, at certain points in the movie, at least, uh, that he would have killed uh, Ray Liotta. I think that be, as events start happening to Jimmy, he goes down a rabbit hole where, like, yeah, he's he's completely crazy and paranoid, um, yeah. and and he's such a psychopath that that makes anyone around him that knows information dangerous yeah um but yes i do feel like there were two people in his crew and it was those two um obviously he leaned a little heavy towards tommy but. well he had friends he had friends that would yeah, they were his, you know they would give him you know the the people that would give him information on heists and things like that things that they could do like the you know that would dumb help. And dumber yeah exactly him and the the guy from the wedding singer too i love him he's my favorite italian <laughs> that guy Cracks me up. From the I call him Spongehead. I don't know what his name is. The but guy that gets frozen to death. Yeah, Joe, I mean, Joe Con- Cantoni yeah. or something. I don't know. It's and Samuel L. Jackson, I believe it's his first Took movie. him two days to thought. I believe so. I remember hearing that. Um, he wasn't in there for long, was he? No. <laughs> um, he didn't make it too long. I, before we transition to things that we don't like, I think we'd be remiss. I, I, lo- I love, um, and I, I think I'm going to pronounce her name right, but Lauren Bracco. Um, Lorraine. Lorraine Bracco. Yeah. Uh, I think she is great in this movie. Uh, she has a lot of heavy lifting. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of scenes that could have just been terrible. Um, specifically, like the scene when she has the gun on him. That moment, and it, it would just be a mo- moment where if it was a less actress, you would just cut the scene quicker. But instead, you have a great moment. When he has to walk away and she's on that floor writhing in pain of what her life is like. That's the kind of moments that that is an actress at the top of her game. By the oh, way, yeah, is it crazy. isn't it upsetting that you know her husband better than she does? Whenever you're like, "Lady, the moment you get that gun out of his face, you're in trouble." Yeah, uh, but you know, love blinds you, I guess. Um, and which is the thing is, yes, we're watching a movie, but I mean, there's definitely you look at real life relationships where you know people have st- stood by criminals or whatever and been dragged into that. It's like it definitely happens. Um, I think too, without that scene early on where you see him um, beat the neighbor up and then he comes and hides oh, that the gun. Scene's amazing. That when yeah. she has the voice over oh, there yeah. and she says, you know, like a normal I have girl would turn me on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sets up a lot for the way the rest of their dynamic is. Yeah. It it, 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 it does a little bit to do a lot later. Um, um, just the way that, that, uh, that when they first, like I said, the first time that he's actually attracted to her is when she pulls up and yells at him in front of everybody. Yeah. Just shows that they're destined for a, uh, a wonderful, you know, a dysfunctional relationship. Yeah, fire, um, fire, meat, oil. Yeah, it just. I, I'm just saying, like, it, it's one of those things where it'd be real easy to hate her character through a lot of this, mm-hmm. if not for giving her little things like that, where you don't feel sorry for her, but you at least understand that it's not what she wanted but she's attracted to it and like she doesn't know she's very confused through a lot of this movie. Uh, so something that we've talked about a lot lately um, has been my scene movies again through a father perspective. Uh, the scenes like this, um, the scene when 
before it when he leaves that house and there's that close up of his daughter standing in the doorway um things like that or when they're in prison and she's throwing all that stuff and like i'm just watching their their kids and i'm like oh it's so awful man those scenes have a much much heavier impact and effect on me now than they did one of those little girls was her actual daughter too was uh her her actual daughter like harvey Keitel's kid Oh, is that who she's married to? Well, I don't know if she married him, but that's a, like one of... And then one of the older kids when they showed the later scenes was mm-hmm. also like one of her daughters or something, mm-hmm. I think they said. All right. Uh, guys, let's transition to things that we don't like. Uh, one of the things that I thought has always struck me as odd when I watch the film is at one part, uh, he's given a voiceover and he talks about how uh, he spends the night at his girlfriend's house and what and his wife doesn't even ask questions or doesn't care or whatever. It's only like in the film. Now, some some time gap may happen there that we're not aware of. But in screen time, only about 10 minutes happens when the scene where she's at that girl's uh, house pressing on all the buttons being like, you know, there's a uh, we'll, we'll keep it G rated. There's a, a woman of ill repute <laughs> in uh, 4R or whatever. And I was like, that that scene has always struck me as odd that he is talking about how she's. You know, she's accepting of whatever and never calls him out. And then only a couple minutes later in screen time, we have that. Well, also, it just shows probably how little he actually knows about his own family. Well, well, but here's my problem. It's a film. It's a film. I know what you're saying. It's bad because I don't know about you guys. I get the idea that the, the narration is not telling us this is where I'm at at this time. This is a person looking back on his life and walking us through it, which means to me, He's lying in that part. No, to I don't think he's looking back. Yeah, I think it's narration is up to that moment in the film. He's it's like you have a, it's like he's narrating from that moment in his life. It's not like the whole movie, all the narration is done after the movie. Like I think with some points, you guys, I, I think well, you guys have hit upon one of my problems. Actually, this narration is really confusing about when he's supposed to be giving this narration hmm. because it does go back and forth between him narrating the present, like he's well, living it, yeah, and him narrating his entire future. Obviously, like, when he's a kid, past, like he's and he's an adult, looking voice, back on it, yeah, he's narrating from the the future into the past, but. I think yeah, well, it, it 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 definitely does. I, you jump You gotta around. pick. You gotta pick one or the other. It does jump around, like you Why said. Why don't we it, go to Nick? Is, uh, Nick, yeah. you're the one that had a three and a half, so you have it much lower than any of us. Just um, go and take over things that you don't like. It's hard to say. I mean, there are definitely things I don't like, but I don't know that any of it really explains my score. Other than there's just something about this movie I don't enjoy all that much. Um, but there are some things when I really look at it. This movie does not have a lot of very good dialogue. Um, what between between the actual characters themselves? Um, very little, very little. So you're talking about outside you, of the narration? Outside of the anything? narration, when the characters are actually talking to each other, the dialogue's pretty bad. I do not think I agree with you, but I. I am having a hard time picking a line of dialogue. I, I mean, it's not in. super eloquent. There's but. not even really a moment <laughs> in this besides like when he talks to Polly that there's really even a full length conversation between people. Um, it is rather quick. I will say. Well, that. Uh, but I think a lot of that's covered with the narration. I think well, that's kind yeah, of what he I does. Guess. Um, yeah. I think that's I kind of see my what point. you're saying. Though, <laughs> like, yeah. The narration really. I don't know if I, I don't know if I call that a bad thing, but I, I think I know what you mean now. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's a fault of the movie, but there is no likable character in this movie to me. Um, 
nobody to root for, nobody, which isn't a bad thing because we are talking about a bunch of murdering That's an criminals, interesting topic but, about um, likability and, and what that means for us as audience members because, to me, the idea of watching Goodfellas is uh, sort of wish fulfillment. I get to, in a very safe environment, uh, get to experience what it would like to be a, uh, a mafia person when things are going well, and then I get the comfort of it, watching it all go wrong. So at the end of the film, I'm I'm like, yeah, I made the right decision by getting a nine to five. You know, they talk about early on in the film about the schmucks. But Jared wants you to know out there that. if we have any mafioso uh, listening, um, he will. You know, do some things for a dollar. I'm just saying. It uh, doesn't even take that much. Yeah. So uh, net profit. Net profits all. If you need. guys are like need an IT guy or something, like you know, I'm sure the mafia does yeah, have <laughs> IT guys now. Yeah. Somebody's got to do it. They have their own Somebody's website. Stealing the credit card. Probably have their own website now too. Jared's looking to potentially disappoint his own daughters one day. So, uh, oh. if you just want to, you know, where where can he send that resume? That's oh, what. Uh, come on now. For the dollar. Um. Then I'm gonna say something extremely. Unpopular. Yeah. As Don't good work. as Don't the be, acting is. Just a is, second. As unpopular as my pick is going to be? <clears throat> probably not. Okay. As good as the acting is at times in this movie, yeah. one of the things that really lacks is any time a character has to show an emotion other than anger, mm-hmm. it feels pretty forced. I do um, agree. Every time somebody laughs in this movie, it feels horribly forced. Um. I love Robert De Niro, but Robert De Niro crying over Tommy is cringeworthy. Uh, uh, it pulls me right out of the movie because he's literally like, well, here's the thing. I, 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 I honestly do take it as this. I think it's a man that has shown his emotions so little in his life that he doesn't even know how to properly know, express them. Like, it's such a weird, overwhelming, uncharted territory for him that he, it looks odd because... Like I said, I don't take that as a man who cries about a lot of things. Like it, that's something where it's like, it's about that, and it's about a million other things that he's never like, you know. I, I don't know. Like you know what I mean? I, I I feel like you can't expect him to look like a normal human crying yeah, because I he think does that's not fair, a, but it just seems. It's one of those things where I, to me bad. it's subjective, and uh, all I can say is I don't have a problem with it, and I it, can, it, it I, could I, be I this as soon as he did it. I thought this is exactly how he cried and analyzed this. And I just thought he was trying to be funny in that movie. Um, um, but I think this is as good as it gets. This is me this completely is... reaching. But from what it's what I've read about what Robert De Niro did with this role, he like went to like crazy person depths about wanting to get it accurate to the guy he was playing that he made like phone calls multiple times a day would ask simple little questions about how the person did this or did that or whatever that like, I wonder if it's a thing of, cause you know, obviously he was, it's a, a, a scene where that Henry Hill's character or Henry Hill as a human, I'm saying was supposed to be there for, I wonder if he asked him how did like, what did it look like when he cried and then tried to like mold it? Yeah. Like, you know, so it may not even be a thing where that's Robert De Niro making a choice. It's Robert De Niro going, well, it I want to make it look like back in the day. Yeah, so I mean, maybe he's, and again, we're just guessing, but maybe he was. That's at how Henry Hill said that 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 guy actually cried that day. And do you mean to tell me you think that uh, Henry Hill's laughs in this movie come off to you as not genuine? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I love his. I, but here's the thing, yeah. genuine yeah. or not, yeah. I love the way that he, because every time he laughs, I'm like, this guy's more of a scumbag than I imagine. Yeah, like because like, his laughs don't come from a a gut busting; they come from a sadistic kind of place. Like, yeah, you, the, yeah. the wig falling off part is actually to me a perfect example. You know, also the laugh that he gives when uh, Jimmy wakes up the FBI or whoever is following him. Yeah. And that little laugh that he gives right there, like he's he is he's doing something that feels very natural to me. It's not a person in involuntary laughing, but voluntarily laughing at something that's terrible. Sure, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, in that one scene, I, I can see that. But there's a lot of it in this movie. Well, so the, I, I think know. the the ones where he does the most uproarious <laughs> laughter are in. One of the best scenes of the movie is that scene where Joe Pesci, you know, stops the jokes and asks if he's a. You know, I will say this: I I don't think he's truly laughing in those scenes. Well, yeah, it's, it's like a nervous, as, like yes, yes, he is mm. he yeah. is playing a role in that yeah. part. Um, yes and no. I think he does have a. I think I think it's a combination of he does have a sick sense of humor, but it's also just a letting. It's a release. It's a he's so scared and so tense from the moment before that when when it, he gets a moment to laugh it's this overblown thing because it's just like a it's like a you know a kettle like going off on the stove yeah um, uh go so there's that scene early on with uh joe pesci and henry at the you know uh, what's so funny about me scene but i think that scene plays scene. it is a great scene yeah. it plays and really it, well and later. it also gave us uh Good, Great dialogue. Uh, the good feathers. The good feathers. Yeah, I was thinking good of the feathers. Good, the yeah, good feathers. Yeah, I brought that up. The, By uh, the way, the, that's night. an Animaniacs uh, yeah. cartoon. If how you don't know how what is that a, a skit, a regular skit in a children's show? I don't know. But, but it's it, was a, it's, it was one of my favorites. I didn't so. even know what Goodfellas was when I was watching the Goodfellas, and I still thought that yeah, show was funny. Me too. <laughs> so in that scene, it calls back later, and I, I, I always remember that. That's why I, th- I say he's faking in that scene, his laughing. There's that part when they're at the restaurant with all their gumas, which is... Uh, mafia for... You mean the Goombas? Not not Goombas. Goombas. What's a Gooma? Gooma is their... Uh, Girlfriend. Special lady friend that's not their wife. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's that part when the one lady says something about how the black man was attractive. Mm-hmm. And Joe Pesci says one thing. And then there's a shot of Henry. And he is trying to defuse uh, Tommy... And I just love it. And it's so similar to the way that he treats him in that earlier scene. Um, you just get the idea that wherever they go, uh, Ray Lada's character is constantly having to bring that character back right. down. Well, not just bring thing. him down, but like, I'm on board with you. Ah, yeah. Like, you know, it's so <laughs> like, oh, I got it. You know, I think just like you do. I'm yeah. not a, I'm a psychopath too. Yeah. Which well, is he is. He is. Uh, he is, but Joe Pesci's just a worse sci- psychopath. Yeah, he's a psychopath amongst psychopaths. Yeah. He stands yeah. out among the rest. Yeah, that's for All right. sure. Uh, as far as things that you don't like, Mikey, do you have anything? Oh no, uh, Nick, do you have anything else that you have? No, I don't think so. Eric, don't like. No, I mean I have two other things I want to talk about. But go if you've got something to. Is there something? There was some. I don't. I don't. I can't think of anything else that. Um, I don't like about the film. So, what were the two things that you had? Do you know I didn't? I didn't know this, and I haven't seen this movie since I was a long time. Have you ever seen the movie My Blue Heaven with uh, yeah, Steve Martin? Yeah, that's not based. Either. That's the same guy. So this really, uh, really? it's it's I not. Seen that movie for well, they a long don't name time, him the but... same guy, but the writer of this 
is married to Nora Ephron, who wrote that. And like I said, I think they shared writing credits or something. So, are you talking about the guy that wrote the book or Henry Hill? So the so Henry Hill, okay, yes. is Steve Martin. So Ray Liotta and Steve Martin are supposed to be the same guy, but they don't Makes call sense. him the same guy because they didn't. They didn't get like approval from Henry Hill to like okay. make the comedy about. I don't him. know what that movie is. So it's I'll a, it's a, it's later. the end. Dude. The way this movie ends, where he is in suburbia and he's like, you know, oh, now I'm just a schmuck or whatever yeah. he says, uh, snook or what. I don't even know what the, the word. By is the way, says. the the look on his face when he goes out to get that paper has always yeah. haunted me. Well, that like that movie is like a comedy about that guy living in suburbia. Like so, uh, but I, I I had seen that movie when I was younger a few What's times. The name of this movie. My Blue, Blue Heaven. Any chances this is on Netflix? No, I don't think so. Okay. It's on Voodoo. It's a though. pretty obscure, right. relatively obscure comedy. Um, yeah, I don't know I like about Steve that. Martin. I've seen that movie a few times. I have. Uh, I kind of doubt it. Grass uh, oh yeah, honest, I doubt suit. it. Oh, I'm sure it's not, and it's not meant to be a like. Maybe a, like just, that might have been the original idea. Like it's loosely based. You know, yeah, yeah. They, they just took the, the the bones of that, and then I never saw the whole nine yards, but I always thought that that was the screenwriter's take of like. Let's see what happens down to the road. Henry Hill later. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. All right. Say. What was the other point? You oh, I was going to say, there was uh, some criminal activity at, at oh, my work my today, Jared. Uh-oh. Um, uh, by the way, I was working today. I wasn't well, there. it wasn't I you. Wasn't uh, it's someone we've mentioned before on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miss, uh, Miss Phyllis from The Office. Oh, yeah. uh, she was, was she was in today and uh, set the alarms off when she walked out the door. Oh man! Yeah, to which uh, when, when she turned well, around, the office has been. Uh, Did you yell thief? Yeah, thief! Uh, my manager goes, turns to my AP, uh, which is like our asset protection, and goes, "What are you doing to this fine lady?" And she turns around and just sticks her arms up in the air and spreads her legs to wait to get patted down. <laughs> By the way, I don't think that she's Phyllis from The Office. I can't she's remember Phyllis her name. Phyllis Smith. Her name is Phyllis. Her name is Phyllis. Yeah, so she's literally Phyllis from The Office. I don't I, think she's. She's, I, been, I would in, rather she's as, been in a lot. Her name I'd is rather Phyllis. associate her with the OA myself. Yes. Yeah, uh, sure. Phyllis Smith, I believe is her name. Right, but cool. I just like, I know you guys like her. So. Yeah, she was very nice to me with the first time I uh, I would say, I, I thought for a second I was getting like a. I, think the, I saw her I thought, twice up at I thought she was going to be running yeah. some, some electronics no, out to. You know, Robert De Niro outside for a second. Um. Yeah, tell her to, to let us know what's going on with the OA Season 2. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, that's it for um, the Goodfellas uh, review. It is time for my pick. I think Eric is the only person that knows when I'm going to pick. I wondered if anybody You're going to upset uh, me? Like, what what you horrible? Never, you have never and will never pick a worse film. Jared, because I am going to pick can the you, worst when you, when you announce movie it, can ever can you, made. Can you tell is it called the, the worst movie ever made? Uh, it is the worst movie ever made. Everybody I've actually knows the room is the worst. Movie I've never ever made. seen this, by the way. So, all right, I think Nick is the only person that's seen this movie because oh, he saw this. Because <laughs> he what? I love it. Oh, Nick knows what no. it is now. Turn your head while okay. you say what, what is it, is? dude. We're gonna be doing Battlefield. Dude, Earth. I saw it on there. I was like, no way he'll pick it. <laughs> oh, I gotta pick it. Dude, all I can say is, guys... Uh, oh, Carmel, come on, Jared. This is the one time I actually took movie advice from you and never watched a movie. Oh, no, you got to watch this movie. Oh, man. Um, all I will say is we have seven days till we record. Just if you could put in like 15 minutes a day before you just um, can't stand it anymore. I'm going to come in Turtle <laughs> cosplay. <laughs> oh, Turtle. Oh. Goodness <laughs> sakes. All right, so guys, get your... Uh, come loaded with every insult you can. Um, I want to have a good time with it. This is not a film to be respected. It is the worst <laughs> piece of garbage I've ever seen. The only movie to ever make me cry out of frustration. By the way, the movie that John Travolta described as like Star Wars, only better. Only better. Yeah. All right, so we can rail on that movie next week. And until then, cue it up.
Karen. 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 Why'd you do that, Karen? 